as I said, why, 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 why not have a crack at investing and see how it goes, you know what I mean? I know yeah, that's the, my, even though the challenges of it has, it's something that I, I think it's, it comes out also as a bit of a, a passion as well, maybe, maybe a bit of a enjoyment of investing. I know it's a bit of a, you have to enjoy what, if you're investing, you might as well enjoy what you're investing in. Absolutely. <laughs> you're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name's Tabitha Bright and I'm the head of coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guest today is Andrew Buey, and we discuss losing your job when you're about to settle an off-the-plan property, realizing that his superannuation wasn't going to be enough, and then the joy of owning positive cash flow property. So enjoy this conversation with Andrew. Hey everyone, uh, and uh, good to have you here. Today I'm talking with one of our long-term clients, Andrew. Um, uh, initially, Andrew, you were based in Canberra. So welcome to the podcast, first of all. Uh, thanks, Tabba. Glad to be part of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic to have you here. So, Andrew, you were in um, Canberra initially, and then you've moved to uh, South Australia. So, um, but you've stuck with the same coach, haven't you? Um, with Karen moving into state, um, and before that, you were with one of our um, original coaches, Naomi Beaumont, who. Right. Yep, who um, was with Positive Real Estate for a good 10, 15 years, I think, something like that. Um, and, um, and then you've moved to Karen. And, um, and so you joined back in 2011, I think we were working out approximately. And over that time, um, you've uh, acquired a portfolio. So you've got six properties in total, uh, as part of your portfolio in that time, which is outstanding. And that, you know, that puts you in the 0.08% of Australia, which is yeah. pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, I was having a chat with uh, Jason Witten the other day and we have our 1% club. So yeah. when clients have three or more properties, they become part of the 1% of Australia that holds three or more. At six, you're part of the 0.08%. So it starts to get really skinny. The air gets thin up there. Um, so, you know, you really are um, incredibly successful, whether you know it and it feels like that or not, <laughs> to have achieved that six. So congratulations. Um, that's super exciting. Um, and... So starting off, let's hear a little bit about you. What do you do for work? Yeah, what well, I do for work. So I'm uh, as a system engineer working for of the, uh, the defense uh, subcontractor. So I've been doing that for maybe a good, whenever I still, so good, uh, say, 15 years now. So, yep, right. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. 
Um, and we were chatting before. Uh, it seems to me like we get a lot of engineers um, that seem to join our program. <laughs> and once again, I was chatting to Jace because it's really interesting when you're coaching people. Um, some people are big picture and some people are detailed. And I generally find, and I, you know, I don't want to be wrong and cast dispersions, but Generally, I find engineers are very detailed people. They like numbers. They love spreadsheets um, and formulas and so forth. Um, would that be true about you? Absolutely, yeah. Definitely numbers and of the formulas and yeah, of the planning and sort of uh, working out the big of the looking at that. You said uh, you said looking at the big picture, trying to think what is our need or what 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 are our requirements and from our requirements, how we're gonna sort of achieve that requirement from a customer. If the customer wants something, we have to sort of work out the requirements and from the requirements, which has how we're going to do it, uh, execute it, and also how do we uh, sort of uh, test it and verify that we have achieved that customer need. So it's a very, that type of uh, aspect of it. So yeah, correct. So very similar. Yep. <laughs> it's interesting because it is a type of mindset that I can see works very well with investing in property. And um, we always used to joke around because I tend to be big picture, not as detailed. And I've had to, in learning to coach people like yourself, engineers and more detailed people, I've had to learn to be able to talk detail and to analyze detail. Whereas naturally I'm not that person. Naturally I'm big picture and I, I like to focus on chunking stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, we always used to joke around because Jason used to say, I don't know why you've got so many engineering clients. He said, you're not detailed. Why do they come to you? <laughs> and sometimes it's opposites attract, right? Sometimes Correct. you need yeah. the stuff that you may not be as strong in. Um, but it's, yeah, I've had to learn to, um, to work with engineers and to get right into that detail, as I'm sure many of our coaches have. Um, and so... Um, you have a goal of 100K passive income in retirement, which is an awesome, awesome goal. Yep. And so when we're coaching, basically how we work that out from a big picture perspective, not from an engineering detailed perspective, is we go, okay, well, if we've got a, an income of 100K, how much property do you need in order to create that? So we um, divide that by 5% being the, um, the rental return you'll get on the property. Mm -hmm. And we go, right, you need around 2 million and probably a bit extra as well for, right, yeah. you know, to allow for stuff like the um, uh, <laughs> property management fees, your insurances, your, right, yeah, insurances all exactly. of that. Yep. yep. And so, you know, congratulations, because you've got six properties and around 2.6 million in value. So you're actually exactly where you need to be now um, in order to achieve your goals. And now it's just about letting those properties mature, paying down a bit of debt. So that's an outstanding achievement. So um, firstly, I wanted to recognize that. Oh, thanks. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. The team effort, not the individual effort. Well, that is true. And regardless if you're with positive real estate or not, having a team around you is critical to success. And who outside of positive, because everyone knows obviously you're part of positive real estate, what sort of team members would you suggest are critical to somebody's success? 
Obviously, like, uh, yeah, definitely. I think the combination of the six-star team definitely would. Obviously, you need to have your mortgage broker, you need to have your accountant, you need to have your legal, you need to have your real yeah. estate agents, you need to have uh, yep. your financial planners, and what uh, a fair few. And obviously, I need to have a mentor or a coach or someone, or at least someone that is sort of like-minded that you can sort of talk about things. But yeah, so they yeah. are. The group that I uh, learned to gather and and as dark as yeah and then mm. develop mm. because along your journey it hasn't always been straightforward. So um, and you've been very open and I you know I thank you for this because often you know when we pick up the magazines about property investing you hear all the stories about you know people have achieved amazing things which is awesome but we don't get the full story always we don't get the you know the rough and tumble that sometimes comes with property investing uh, and so tell me what was one of your biggest lessons with property investing yeah so one of my biggest lessons obviously this is prior joining pre where i've uh, acquired uh two property i bought one existing in adelaide and the second one was a a property deal that didn't go to plan. So I bought this in Tasmania. Yes, that's the oh. word Tasmania. And, and obviously I bought it through a sort of a, sort of a, one of those property type uh, selling, they're sort of selling property thing. This is, was the, the best deal. They sort of sold, sold, sold it as the, uh, as this is, and they showed, showed me the exact, what the entering the numbers, the, the projection 10 years and so forth as sort of a young, investor I, I said okay really if it's ca really cash flow because one of those government back build off of the plan unit in an area in Tasmania close to the water so of myself I've looked at the sort of a fell into the marketing scheme of that I end up signing off the plan deal not understanding much about it and sign it up and like I said uh, once I signed up that deal I had a Initially, I, the, the main challenge was of the, uh, off the plan. So what I didn't realize it was a two years build to, to, uh, oh. so to get finance. So obviously as it got built and so forth in time, getting updates was a challenging thing because trying to get update from the, the, the company was challenging. And then realizing that one day I would say, oh, the, 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 the company uh, that built the place went, went bust. Uh, uh, went out of the thing and, and as a new investor you, you go what what does that mean what does that, what does that mean you're, you're wondering like okay so but will I my place get built or not you know what I mean like uh, does that mean I lose my deposit and so forth and it's all that for for like and then the person would, the place would bring me saying that uh, they would uh, of the uh, have to try to find a replacement builder and, and during that time it actually took so once they did that process, it apparently took more than two years to get built or settled, but probably two plus years, three, maybe I think it was a three. I remember during that time, I also did lose my job, a redundancy period. So it sort of was in that transit. But, but the, 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 the blessing was like, like that, since that delay, it sort of helped me find a job quickly enough before that they, they was able to, to build, build it, to finish it. So once they uh, finished Bro. it, it was was okay but like i said just the, the challenges and then once the, you it got built 
and I went to get finance, which is like I said, I, I didn't understand off the plan. So I said, okay, you get finance. Okay, fair enough. So I went to finance and the uh, bank valued it much lower than what it was originally bought for. So I bought it for right. 207 and the bank valued it at, at, uh, at uh, 178. And then, then and, and also since it was a government vaccine, the, the, oh. the bank goes through, he goes, we, we, we don't want you, we, we don't want 10%. We want you to put 20% into the deal. Right. So I literally, so I literally had to go, oh crap, I, I don't, I don't have this uh, money just lying around. I didn't, I didn't plan for it. I thought maybe it was a 10% and, you know, and that's it. So I literally mm-hmm. had to, but the, the blessing was I, I did have my first property and had a certain amount of equity to have to redraw the equity in that first property deal to get the second oh. deal over the, the, the line. So mm. obviously once I, once I settled and obviously, yeah, obviously went through and like I said, in hindsight, I've, of the uh, I as, as it's a lesson learned, all the challenges you go through, but it does sort of help you sort of get your mind ready or, or like deal with those situations. Like it sort of helps. So for the thing, you uh, I took 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 action, but then obviously I didn't really do my due diligence and so forth. And and I think yeah, you just ride through the challenges, and it comes as each day comes. It's just part of probably investing as, as you deal with the challenge. I feel you, you grow and be more mature and you understand sort of the challenges, what is really worth, what, what, what's, what's the worst case scenario, what's the thing and so forth. So, yeah, so, so in a day, oh, I, I still still have, still have the prop, property from today, so it's still holding well, even though it, it, it didn't do too well. Eventually, I think time does heal, even from not very great properties, time does heal all properties. So, yeah. <laughs> it often does it often does there's nothing like holding property i had some property in a regional town that i bought in my early days investing and um i held it for years and it didn't do much and um it was in an area where there wasn't a lot of wage growth and you know and and that was challenging and then the market went down and you know and rents were it was hard to get renters in so i had to drop my rent and Um, You know, you do, as a beginner investor, often if you don't have an experienced hand to bounce off, um, when you start having these challenges, what are normal problems become really stressful because you're doing it on your own in a vacuum? Is that what you found? Exactly the point, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I said, uh, in my case, like it just happened that I was – lucky that I didn't lose my there's probably a worse case that I could have lost the property lost my deposit but I just and yeah. also especially when I during the time I lost my job I wouldn't be able to get finance during that time it just happened the coincidence that I w- w- came out uh, of the stressful experience but not as bad but even if, you, if I had lost the, the, the deposit so forth then yeah, it would have been a, a experience as well, a learning experience that goes come from, you know. Yep. So, but like I said, it, it, there, there are better ways. Like I said, that's why from that experience, I said that I had to like work out a team or someone that you can bounce off ideas off, someone you can mm-hmm. talk to and get that sort of second opinion that sort of done that and understand what the, the details are. Like I said, as an engineer, trying to understand the details and lesson learned and 
so forth. What does an off the plan deal mean? What does what's the potential risk and uh, what's the potential uh, worst case scenario? So forth, having those scenarios in place and how you're going to mitigate those risks that you have to have at least a rough idea plan, yeah. and so that you can sort of understand when when challenges that occur. What's what's the worst case scenario? How how you deal with it? How can you mitigate against that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, mitigating risk is massive harm. And right. and I think what the team have learned to do really well over the last, I mean, positive real estate's been around close to 20 years, if not longer. And um, after coaching so many people over so long, I think, you know, there's some lessons that come out of that as well. And one of the key things that positive and the coaches learned was that, um, making sure clients understood not only why something was a good deal or why an investment might work for them, but also what is the trade-off? What is the risk in this deal? So you've got an off the plan at the moment coming up. Correct. Um, a, a blue chip, fantastic off the plan in Brisbane, and which you'll do very well out of. There are similar risks to the first one that you did where it was a challenging result for you it's going to be a certain amount of time off the plan um we're in an environment where we are seeing builders go under um and you know due to stuff outside their control with um you know covid materials being expensive labor hard to get um but thankfully positive one of the things positive learned is we don't deal with with small people as far as small backyard developers, you know, people cutting corners, people that don't have substantial kitties to be able to weather challenges. And so um, the developer that you're working with um, is one of Australia's top developers. And so they're able, when they have um, a challenge with the builder, they're able to just come in and sort it out. They're able, if they had to, to wipe their own profit if they needed to, to get a builder in at a more expensive cost because they are so established that that's not going to impact them. And so there's a safety net there, um, obviously, for clients in that space. Um, And so understanding your risk, mitigating your risk, but then what I'm really interested in with yourself was your ability, even though you had quite a scary experience at the time relative to your situation you were still brave enough and I'll use that word deliberately brave enough to move forward and say okay I had a bit of a (laughs) bit of a hard experience Mm -hmm. but there's still merit in investing in property so so what was your thinking around that how because that's what I call an investor mindset yeah? yeah what was your thinking around that like I said, it probably goes back to like, uh, yeah, like uh, I have thought about investing as when I started my first job, I realized that uh, yeah. at a younger age, I realized that uh, my superannuation wasn't really going to cut it. It's a sort of a, I found was a bit bit of a false uh, thing yeah. with the government contributing. So I realized, and also my work, like, and do I really want to work till I, uh, am old and so forth and and mm. then I, I during that time my early stage i said that that's be a way of investing so like i said i've sort of looked at investing as a young age at the young age and saying like 
what what to do invest in. They can invest in shares, property, what else they can do, and that's that's what else and other things or starting your own business, so forth. But I just, but I said for I looked at what was the most sort of more easier approach. I looked at shares and property was the two things that I looked at. But then I looked at uh, and the share was a bit too complicated with all the zigzaggy lines up and down. It was hard to read. Probably at least was sort of a bit more understandable and more relatable. So yeah, I chose probably. And I was like I said, what you said, the challenges of, of even though I faced all those challenges, I still, the mindset was I had was like uh, investing. I had to sort of put aside or invest or have a way to invest one form or uh, another to make so that, yeah, that I can have enjoy obviously sacrifice now to enjoy my life later on a bit more mm-hmm. easier and so forth. So even though I faced those challenges, I said today, what's 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 the worst case that could happen? I just lose some. I know it sounds bad. I'm just lose some money. You know what I mean? But it's, it's just money. What what is money? It's just a piece yeah. of paper. That, it's just a piece of paper of, of our, uh, expressing our effort that we uh, exchange at work. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying to myself, what was the worst case I could do? I still still have my job. I still live. I'm still healthy. And so, so as I said, why why what want to have a crack at investing and see how it goes? You know what I mean? I know that's the my even though the challenges of it has it's something that I I think it's, it comes down also as a bit of a a passion as well. Or maybe maybe a bit of a enjoyment of investing. I know it's a bit of a you have to enjoy what if you're investing, you might as well enjoy what you're. Investing in absolutely, you know I mean? <laughs> absolutely. What's the point? I think that's a combination of of that type of thinking and and obviously understanding that I want to invest to obviously have a better superannuation and get down the track. If it's not properly, then what what else is the best? Yeah, I, I find I find property is probably the better way where you can obviously continue to do your job and you can choose to. Obviously, uh, depending on how your risk appetite is or how you want to do, you want to a passive approach, then buy and hold. If you want to be a bit more flexible, probably if you want to be more active, you can be renovating or adding things. So it's, or vice versa, subdivide, divide, develop, whatever you want to do. So it's quite a lot of uh, different things that can come through investing in pro- property. So yeah, I chose property investing and I choose to of the, like I said, like in a day, it's just understanding your risks and what are the potential worst case scenarios and can you live from those worst case scenarios ever eventuating you know what I mean yeah that's a great way of looking at it and I mean it's obviously served you well because you know you've done really well um and and I think so when we coach at positive um it's all about how do we measure your success so We'll often talk about, um, so what are your goals? What are you wanting to achieve? Then we'll put a, a dollar value on that. So we have a target and yeah. your target was the 100,000 in retirement or one of your targets, yeah. the 100,000. So that then gives us a value of property that um, we know you need to acquire. And then you go, right, if it's two to two and a half million dollars of property that uh, Andrew needs, then what's Andrew comfortable at um, purchasing at? So it might be 400, 600, whatever the number is. And then we just divide that amount by that number to give us, well, you need four properties, you need six properties. And then we'll set about 
putting together a strategy. So where to buy, what price point, et cetera. Now that changes over time as markets change and so forth, as you know. And But it makes it easy if we go through that process because then we can measure. So this property that you're doing at the moment, the off the plan that's going to settle, um, uh, when does that settle? 12 months? Yep, so it should be uh, scheduled for the end of this year or late next Okay. Sure. So when you're going through the process of is this a good property for me to buy, it's like, well, we can weigh it up against is it going to get you closer to your goal? So, and this is why it's going to get you closer to your goal. And these are the trade-offs. So this is what you have to manage. Can something go wrong? A builder go bust or a, you know, or a delay in in um in the construction of it or does the market go sideways in that time? Does your situation change? So all of these conversations um, is, um, guys, why we have coaches because you get to bounce those scenarios and make sure that you're comfortable with the level of risk looking at this deal. Like somebody may not be comfortable with that. And so, Andrew, we'd say to them, well, an off the plan is not a strategy for you. You need to do something else, a house and land or an existing deal. Um, But for you, because you've built up that experience and you've been through it once before and you know what happens when it goes sideways, (laughs) you were comfortable, which I think is, um, which I think is awesome. Um, But not all your stories have been challenges. So um, Shortly after joining Positive Real Estate, you purchased a house and land, is that correct, in, correct. in Mudgee? Yep. Yep, original yep. So I bought back then, so I bought uh, a house and land for back then was like 375 back then. Oh, okay. so cheap, and, isn't it, when you look back? I know, back then so cheap. And then uh, I realised, really, how, how could that grow? I think, but and now I think of the, in this market, of, of holding that long, and obviously the rent, rent returns are, pretty high there as well so it really be cash flow positive so like renting for 500 a week and yeah i think now it's probably in value in this market it's probably at uh, 700 uh, the low 700k in this current market so that's yeah, awesome uh, that's you can work out numbers so that's the ec- equity uh, so yep that would help a lot yeah mm-hmm. And so that it stands to reason. So it's probably done its thing where it's doubled in that 10-year time frame, which is, um, you know, that's best case, well, not best case, but it's a um, a very good case because property doesn't always value, um, double in value every 10 years. It's um, It's interesting. There's often these sort of rudimentary comments that are passed around like you know all property in Australia doubles every 10 years it's like well no (laughs) some will double in seven (laughs) not not anymore basically when I think was the reason why it's 10 years because uh, back then when I think where there was a single income and once they they recognized the uh, other partner's income that's when it was sort of a doubling in 10 years because like I said the rule rule of 72 if you want something to double had to grow so now so it's 10 years you the growth has to be at least 10 percent per annum for it to double in that yeah that's yeah, yeah. yep but yeah but more realistically five like percent is what we try to or well, I, I try to think to think of how it is five four to five worst case scenario I mean so yep so at yeah. least at least 15 plus years for it 
to double yeah. most of it. Correct. Yeah. So now, you know, I mean, you do get the stuff that outperforms. Um, so often that's simply luck, people timing markets. It's yeah. it's like the share market. It's very hard to say, you know, um, these are all the fundamentals of the market. So that means it's definitely going to go up. It, it, unfortunately, I don't think any market works like that. Um, you know, Brisbane case in point, it had everything going for it, all the fundamentals. But it took a good 10 years, um, maybe even longer, before it actually started its boom. Whereas normally, you know, if you were to, to generalise, you'd say around the seven-year time frame, it, it might have started doing its thing. But that just doesn't really hold true anymore. And, and I think, um, you know, you will get those properties that double in short periods of time. And then most property across Australia, maybe every 12 to 15 years. And... Um, and I think you've one of the things I liked in um, the notes because um, obviously we um, get people to have a bit of a think about what they want to share in these podcasts. And um, I saw somewhere in these notes. Now I'm not going to be able to see it. You were saying that um, is it gone? Of course, I've lost it. Um, oh, that it is a long term strategy. Like there's no get rich quick here it's it's long term and can you impact that like you said if you want to not be as passive you can get in there you can do a subdivision you can do a renovation yeah. you can you know there's all sorts of stuff you can do to um, shorten that time frame and to add value but if you're busy and you want to be more more of a passive investor, there's no completely passive in property mm -hmm. then buy and hold there's absolutely nothing wrong with buy and hold I'm a massive proponent of, um, of buy and hold. I think that's a fantastic, um, fantastic option. And so what would you say to somebody watching this video that is thinking about getting started, wants to invest in property, but everyone around them is saying, oh, don't invest in property, the market's too hot, or, you know, there's a war overseas, or there's something, something, everyone's fearful. There's all the barbecue stories as to why not to do yeah. something. We all know those people. Yep. yep. What would you say? I'll say that most of the, to ask them, what are you fearful of? Understand why, why are you mm. fearful? Question, ask the question myself. What, what, what so-and-so are saying? Why are you fearful of it? Then maybe then work out what is, what are the opportunities? What are the, uh, downside or what are, is it, what are the risks I keep saying yeah. what are the risks and what's your worst case scenario it could happen you know what I mean so yeah in a day so I just try to be pragmatic about it. look at what are you fear asking yourself and and then it's like I said like I said also hang around I find hang around in a group where someone you can talk to that in the same mind mindset as you I, yep. I, know, I understand when you talk to maybe the wrong people that don't have Think they'll probably uh, say, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't invest in property. It's a bad idea." Blah, blah. But when you find someone you can has the same common interests and in seeing it does help, sort of like so that uh, have that opportunity mindset or mindset having that when you talk to someone that that is of the same sense to understand that you can really sort of work out how to move sort of instead of being stagnant and holding and being fearful, you actually see the opportunities and maybe have that bravery to 
make that step or make make that actual take that first step. Hundred percent. Then that's what just uh, so it's just come down to your group exactly. It's like uh, same thing in probably news. Uh, you choose what what you're, you you know, I, I don't read the most of the news. Sometimes it's all negative or positive. <laughs> just depend on the perspective. <laughs> so just, yeah. So yeah, like I said, in day. So like I said, in day, investing is something that. In a day, I, I just say that I don't want to work for the rest of my life mm. in my job that that's not gonna really provide for me. It's unfortunately that's that's the facts of of working in a nine to five job. You're you're not gonna earn. You're not gonna save yourself to um, become wealthy. Yeah. It only has to be done through some form of investing or you going out doing a business or so forth. So the 100%. question is, uh, so do you want to love the yeah? The question is, what 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 do you want? at your end mm. stage of your retirement or do you want to have choices and so forth? So ask yeah. yourself those those questions, ask yourself what's holding you back. Do you want to be like everyone else and just follow the rat, rat, rat race that everyone is running around? So it's up to you. But I that up to you today, but, but yeah, that, that's one this that's what I just think about the opportunities and yeah, go out there. What's what's the worst case that can happen? Just be back in your normal job. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like your way of thinking. I like your and I like you're essentially doing a SWOT, aren't you? So you're doing an analysis on yeah on what is the risk, how are you yes, going to mitigate that, it, that's, I think what's that's the, the opportunity? Yeah. What, what, what question? What what are you fearful? What's your risk? What's your, your opportunity? What's your worst case scenario? And yeah. And then see if you can live with if it. Depends where that's when we're where you to ask yourself how risk adverse are you. Can mm. you live with that situation? Can you lose that money? Can you think so it all depends on your appetite for risk? So something might be a bit more safer, then okay, maybe you want to do this, you mean? So it's just yeah, exactly the same for what you were saying, how like if you want passive more safer or you want off the off the plan a bit more riskier and so forth. So yep. Or just a bit more involved. Yep. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I've had some clients that have um joined our program and been very fearful. Like they've even been fearful of, um, of joining the program itself and, and paying for the program. And, and then they've gone through the process of finding out about finance. And often it's around, often there's fear around debt, like having a, a certain amount of debt. And they're like, oh, if I lose my job, if I did da 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 So... Um, and it's really interesting seeing as people go through the program how they how they blossom um, once they understand more. So obviously education is really important, but yep. it's not useful unless you apply that education yeah, and their knowledge. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then having someone to ring and just sense check stuff is is useful when you're suddenly doubting something. Um, and then once they go through and actually purchase something and overcome that fear and pop out the other side, it's amazing how much people change um, having had that bit of success. So um, um, some really good points there. And so other than what we've covered is there anything else that I've missed talking about that you particularly wanted to share with people that, you know, might be thinking about investing? Otherwise, I'm going to ask you that classic, 
what would you give your what advice would you give your younger self but is there anything else that we've missed along the way in this conversation you wanted to share uh, pretty much what i okay pretty much we covered most of well, you were thinking about investing then yeah i said just go and obviously find the right i think they sum up but find the right like-minded of people and then from there have understand the, the not, not knowledge that you have and build up that team i think it's important to have a mentor or a coach if not someone at least you can share the journey or have to have done that situation before you or done that sort of success or someone that you want to talk to someone that done that you know what i mean so it's no point talking to someone that hasn't seemed uh, to say this and say that but yet and yeah. obviously then yeah and do that and then obviously take action and really work out what you yeah just take action and ch- 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 challenges will come challenges will come with investing even though yeah. you can plan and mitigate what you want it will come yeah. but hopefully you just i think you find those as you go through them you if you really think investing of the really go you'll work through them and use them as experience and you'll get stronger as you move forward yeah I always like it to liken it to going to the gym. It's like you yeah, go to yeah. the gym <laughs> the first few times it really hurts and you get sore muscles and you wonder why on earth you're doing it. And mm. then after that, it gets easier and you get stronger and, and your, you know, your, um, what's it called? Comfort zone expands, right? Exactly. Um, so, Back to that classic question, if you could give your younger self some advice, knowing what you know today, what would you say to young um, young Andrew? Yeah, exactly what I said. I should have uh, joined a, 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 at least a, have a coach or a mentor earlier yep. and also would have been a bit more of a, and from there obviously to acquire more property, I could, as as, as I find out, as Edward just saying, as, as it gets harder to acquire more probably as me moving moving forward on property just goes up and then of the APRA yep. comes in, borrowing capacity gets seen it was much more easier back in the in though it wasn't if you're back in your your younger self, it's not this thing, but there's challenges that yeah. But yeah, I should have acquired more at my younger age <laughs> in <easier laughs> time. And the more more, more time pro- pro- probably will do work over time. So as you get older, you have less time because you can't live that long, you know. So <laughs> if you can, if you can live like uh, maybe two hundred years, and maybe it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, it's probably too mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, if we could all be like vampires and live two hundred years or something. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So We'd all yeah. be mega wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw your one of your um, one of your things was to definitely start investing earlier. So, um, and that seems to be a very common thread for people: um, buy more quality investment properties. Um, and and I thought the other note that you had here that was really important was treat your property investment as a business. Yes, oh yeah, yep, absolutely, yep. So the mm. numbers I do do budgets and I do uh, run through and do keep track of rentals keep track of your growth yeah. and then they, and obviously keep on top of your paperwork for tax time as well yes uh, yeah. but, uh, i find out the more yeah. property you have the more admin work you have <laughs> maintaining that yeah <laughs> it's true it's true yeah. and i often say to clients when you get to four or more properties like if yeah. it's taking you forever don't be shy about hiring a bookkeeper yeah. like i'm a <laughs> i'm a big fan um of making sure that 
the stuff that is not dollar productive for me is, um, well, I mean, tax savings are always dollar productive, but, you know, take those tasks that you you can pass on if, if you can. Work out what it will cost you um, because time is our biggest asset, right? Um, and if you're spending your weekends doing your paperwork, that's not a lot of fun. Hand off what you can to professionals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, unless, of course, you've got good systems. And I think yeah. with technology um, and, you know, there's some awesome software out there and with technology it's made it a lot easier. Um, back in the day, I used to have to have big folders of all the statements. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so many clients would say, oh, what do I do with all of this? And I'd bring in a big box full of just paper. <laughs> I was like, mate, you need to go down to Officeworks and get some folders. Uh, but thankfully, those days are over. Um, all righty. Well, I think that's it for us today. So thank you so much. Um, and some good takeaways um, there, start investing earlier, buy quality property. Don't be put off by, you know, a couple of bumps and scrapes and some challenges. And they may seem big and in, in the moment and at the time. Um, but if you've got a team around you, you've got your experts, um, then all of that makes it easier. Um, don't be deterred if you have a, you know, a difficult experience. Um, it's all about building muscle and getting back on the horse and um, learning to do it properly. What we aim to do here at Positive, of course, is to take away some of that painful learning by trial and error that many of us go through. Um, because, uh, you know, we uh, hope that you're learning from, um, you know, all our team are quality investors. They've all invested. Um, and so we aim to teach you as much what not to do as what to do. Um, and I think um, I think that works well for our clients. So, um, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure I'll see you at a mentoring workshop soon. Yep, sounds good. Uh, thanks, Deborah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Take care. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.